Shibo, are you familiar with the saying, everybody's a critic? What? Everybody's a critic. You know, the the, the age-old saying, everybody says it, your grandma probably says it, your mom probably says it. You might know it more specifically from that one Spongebob episode where Squidward plays a clarinet so bad that a bunch of jellyfish attack him. Here's how Squidward responded. That last line, won't be hearing from me anymore, is kind of how negative viralities historically worked on the internet, especially on TikTok. Just within the last two years, we've seen content creators like the Tram Stamps and Jake Novak get bullied off the internet because their content made its way to the wrong audience. In the old days, before the digital age, everybody could be a critic, but there were so many more barriers to entry to actually becoming one. You had to go out of your way to buy a record to be able to have an opinion on it, and that investment just didn't make sense if all you were going to do was come away a a little grumpy. Now, it's easier than ever for anyone to discover and listen to new music for free, and that's opened the door for the hay trains that were once reserved for records that had already become hits to grow out of control on records that never even got the chance to see the light of day in the first place. The latest stop on TikTok's hate train is Aria, a pop-punk artist from Orange County, California, whose two biggest goals in life are, and this is a direct quote, to become the biggest musician in the world and to save the world. Pretty big goals. Now, while other content creators have been slowing down for the holidays and the new year this past December, Aria got busy promoting his new record, Losers. I miss my ex, she's a bitch, I need someone to suck, I can't say that. Life sucks, S-O-C-K-S. Like the tram stamps and Jake Novak before him, safe to say it didn't go well. Within days, the hate train had already grown out of control, and it even caught the attention of music reviewers like Anthony Fantano. But does Arya actually deserve the hate? That's what we're going to answer on this week's episode of Absurd Electric Chair, the show where we sift through all of the noise to bring you the most nonsensical tracks and artists of the week with a healthy dosage of analysis, commentary, and interrogation. I'm your host and executioner, Peyton Dunn. And I'm Shibo Aries. And today, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach to answering that question. I'm going to take you all on a journey back to revolutionary France, to the age-old execution device of the guillotine. We're going to hear out what's been making these internet citizens just so enraged. But before we can do that, we need to pull out our history books and hear about how Arya built up his digital kingdom. Shibo, I'll let you do the honors. So, for about a decade now, Arya has been making internet content. He used to do it under the name Simple Sexy Stupid. That was kind of like a pickup artist YouTube channel almost, where he would go to the mall and ask people saucy questions. Like, what's your body count? And like give Riz tutorials almost. <laughs> it was quite funny and that's really where he gained majority of his popularity. About a million subscribers now. While he stopped committing that, roughly six years ago, he went on to his solely music channel called Arya. Pretty much he's seen quite a lot of success. I read an interview where he stated that his music is quite literally being funneling audiences through his video content and that's why he was doing it. But at some point he found his true calling and now he really only does music. Released a bunch of albums, a bunch of singles, all written and produced 
by himself. That's quite a feat. However, now recently, now that he's on a record label, he's getting people to write with him. So this might be his first full album that's just come along where he's had writers with him. Yes, he just signed a Velocity Records, actually. This is his second record on Velocity. I mean, it's kind of safe to say his songwriting's taken a little bit of a a downward trend since he signed to Velocity. But I'm going to be honest with you, Shibo. I don't think what we heard earlier, I don't think it was that bad. Well... One, I can't get out of my head. So it bites. But part of it might just be because it's that four-chord pop-punk formula, which in a sense makes it bite, but also makes it kind of unbearable because it's what everybody's been trying to make because it's been blowing up on TikTok. Not only that, it's just like any almost 30-year-old man at this point is reviving their teenage dreams, making pop-punk about missing my ex and no just to MGK. <laughs> but like, you're 30-something, you're talking about kissing under the bleachers. It's kind of started to become corny to me. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think that was the main criticism levied against him, actually, was that, like, it was too formulaic. But, like I said, like, I don't think what we heard was bad. There's a worse part of the song, though. You know he doesn't like his hometown. That's the thing. Is This is way more formulaic than that part. That's a lot of the criticism that's been levied against this. Is this kind of follows the pop-punk formula to a T. And it's even funnier, like, going back earlier in the song to that part because he, like, kind of mentions the whole, like, oh, this shitty state, it's full of losers, which is the stereotypical Midwestern emo approach to making pop-punk. But I think what makes this kind of uncanny, and the listener might not really be thinking about this, but what makes it uncanny to me is the fact that he's from California. He lived his life in Orange County in San Jose. It's it's a shitty state in many ways, but it's not what the pop-punk context of this shitty state, this shitty town is. Usually when we listen to pop-punk, Midwest emo, when we're talking about like a town being shitty, normally it's like, oh, this is so boring. That's why I want to leave. It doesn't have like the bustle of the city. But he's literally from these big cities that these Midwestern emo artists were trying to get to in their original records, which makes it kind of ironic for him to say that yeah and he's wearing a shirt that says mommy issues <laughs> he hates his town he hates his ex what else can you need it's really what's built to sell so i'm kind of curious if he's following such a formula and these things aren't classically pop punk in his case with him being from a big city him being a pickup artist player making kind of a career out of not being so emotionally like invested at one time no offense are you like it's kind of hard for me to relate you with the pop punk narrative for his whole career he's been giving off this kind of confident facade which doesn't really align with the kind of like awkward kid pop punk and to his credit like uh, in a uh, podcast interview he does, does mention getting bullied in the past and like things that would kind of lead him to getting into pop punk metal and those kinds of genres but he doesn't really show it which is what I think makes it uncanny. But there was another thing I think made this critique kind of interesting. One of the most liked videos under the sound is somebody critiquing him, not really for the lyrics being stereotypical, but for his look. They mentioned that he, like, he doesn't have a stereotypical pop punker look, and this makes it kind of hard for people to get invested. And he talks specifically about the beard that Arya has, which I think is kind of stupid. I'm not going to lie. He, he, he says that because Arya has a beard, he doesn't have the kind of like youthful ignorance that allows him to kind of whine over pop punk songs in ways that other bands from like the height of the pop punk era were able to because they were clean shaven. But that's just not really true. 
if we think back to some of the biggest pop punk greats, like Andy Hurley, drummer from Fall Out Boy, Jeremy Davis, bassist from Paramore, Joel Madden, the singer for Good Charlotte, what did all of these people have in common? They rocked the beard, just like Arya. And Arya's beard, it's not like a, it's not like a fucking long-ass Santa beard. It's, it's like just a little bit of stubble. I don't think it's enough to really, like, make that much of a difference. When we're talking about the look, and this is where I think the critique gets kind of nefarious against Arya, is there's one clear feature that sets him apart from what we think of a stereotypical pop punk. It's that he's not white. He's Middle Eastern. So I think there might be, like, a little bit of racism that kind of underpins this critique. Arya is 26, from what I imagine. But he's also bad boy Wolfie. Technically, he's still punk. He doesn't need to listen to these people. And that's why he's kind of satirically pointing his finger at them in one of his most popular TikToks. And that, to me, is one of the most pop-punk school system things he's done. I'm sure he probably understands that people find his stuff cringe. I mean, when he was yelling at the camera like three, four, five years ago while making how to produce XYZ type beat videos, he kind of just never gave a shit. And I respect that about Arya. He knows that nobody likes him. And I would say that's also especially true if you go back to all the way to the days of Simple Sexy Stupid. He mentions in an interview when he first tried to approach girls to do this kind of format, he was scared out of his mind. He went to the bathroom three or four times and then ultimately tried to go up to the girl, stumbled his words and just left the place. And so he has been putting himself out there for his entire internet career. So I don't know if Arya really cares about this critique. He's made videos about it in response, just saying that these people are kind of being mean, obviously, and just kind of like dismissing the haters. And he has a whole like love yourself narrative to it but i don't know that aria is really like staying up at night worrying about people thinking that his lyrics are cringe i would agree with you in that have you seen that guy's video where he goes like oh i wrote a song from the perspective of anxiety yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and everybody's been shitting on him yeah tiktok <laughs> loves to do it because all you gotta do on the internet is say something which you think nobody would want to say and say it in a way that other people can keep saying it without letting it be stale that's the same formula that's gone in with aria making this controversy does blow you up to a degree is it really worth it though in my mind i would say no mainly because of the mental health of the other mainly because of them well Lil nas x did it in a different way where people were still enjoying it if you look at like people like jake novak he created controversy with mm. his songs like the snl cast member song mainly for people not liking it and then what do people do they, they sent him death threats they showed up to his work and started filming him even though that like blew him up that must have been awful for his mental health and how can you really come back from that and build up an authentic fan base it's really hard i mean marissa mayno from the tramp stamps was able to do it to kind of a degree she had already had a semi-successful solo career and she was able to funnel some of that attention to the solo career from tramp stamps but it was really hard she had to land an interview with anthony fantano and if anthony fantano didn't want to spin that into a like, career revival narrative he very easily could have there were so many factors at play that could have gone wrong for marissa in particular and kind of did go wrong for jake novak whether that will be the case for Arya. I don't really think so. I don't think he's going to get bullied off of the internet. He's been on the internet for a while. He's gotten negative attention for a lot of different other things. And he's also been successful with a lot of different other TikTok songs. Uh, she Don't Like Boys, number one and two, have gone viral and become sounds in their own right. He knows how to use TikTok to his advantage. If he did it right with this one, kind of is brought into question. But I don't think it's impossible for him to bring his career back from here. He's just starting. I think this might be the spark a guy like Arya needs, where his personality is kind of built around being that goofy guy who kind of just doesn't give a shit. 
And his fans get it. His core fans get it. They are laughing with him right now at every 40-year-old guy on TikTok saying, this is everything that's wrong with rock music today. You know, Arya is capitalizing so well on that. And I respect him for that. Honestly, I can't think of a lot of artists when I put that narrative into mind. I can't think of a lot of people who got kind of just straight up bullied for their first big song and made it really big. Maybe Rebecca Black. but Rebecca Black did it certainly, but it took her forever it took her about like a decade to get to that point and she had to go through a ton of clever twists yeah plus i don't imagine she'll ever be as commercially successful as friday because now she's chosen a path which is quite niche yeah i don't think ever anything's ever gonna blow up the degree that friday did for her but i think she has a niche fan base like you said now and she's getting a decent amount of streams on every song she's building up a career which i think is like the best she could have hoped for in terms of people coming off of hate waves and making a career i would say she's one of the best success stories to be honest but for a younger, newer artist, this could be detrimental. Yep. A lot of artists will never get taken seriously. And I hope Arya doesn't fall into that just because one wrong calculation about it. Maybe people won't think I'm cringe. Yeah, it, there, it, there is that argument that he might fall into kind of this novelty and everybody remembers him for this. I don't know whether that's the case. Like, wh- while this has blown up, I don't think this is blown up to the degree that, like, Jake Novak did, where he'll most likely never be able to re- recover from it. I, I think he'll be fine in the long run. I think there's something to be said, like you were saying, like, there, there's a lot of this, like, rock establishment coming out after him. Like, people in the grunge community, people in the punk community being like, this is bad music. But that's what punk was when it started. Punk was this kind of countercultural thing of teens being annoying. When you look at the, the term punk itself, it's just like an annoying teeny brat. And he's kind of dabbled into EDM as well, which I respect. A bunch of his older stuff is quite genre-bending, even though he's still pretty pop, which is a quality I think a lot of artists can't maintain, and it gives him quite a broad playing field when it comes to marketing his music. Yeah, his older music definitely did have that kind of like electronic and also sometimes like pop, sometimes kind of hip-hop edge to it and that kind of made it interesting and that's why i i think i don't like his newer tracks as much they try to lean more into this kind of like traditional pop punk production what this modern pop like glean on it sure and production on it i wouldn't say the new music has much that's unique to it and coupled with that kind of decline in the lyricism, I think is what has made his career kind of get to this point where now people, instead of loving his music and making his music go viral and become trends for the right reason, now it's the wrong reasons. All publicity is good publicity, especially for a small artist trying to make it big. And I wouldn't say he's doing anything wrong in terms of his career. So when we look at like, are we going to execute him? I would say, no, I don't think he deserves that hate. Let him eat cake. Yeah, let him eat cake. I think he can come out of this. It's not like he's doing anything immoral. That's kind of what I dislike about this new hate wave against these artists is now we're canceling people, not for because they said something problematic, but because we just kind of don't like their music and it's a little cringe. But yeah, I would say, let him eat cake. Don't execute him. But... That's all we have for today. Thank you all so much for tuning into Absurdist Electric Chair. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Absurdist underscore IO and at our website, Absurdist.io. If you liked what you heard today and want to follow us along our executionary journey, you can follow us or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also rate us five stars or leave a like on that episode to help us spread the absurd word to even more listeners. I'm your host and executioner, Payne Dunn. And I'm Shibo Aries. And we'll see you all next time.